are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Happy Monday. Welcome back to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, San Antonio Spurs writer. Glad to have you back. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope uh, you enjoyed a lot of the NBA action still going on. Great games this past weekend. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe if we have time, we'll talk about what happened over the last few days. But what are we talking about today? What's well, another fan episode right here in Lockdown Spurs? For those of you who do not know how these operate, basically a fan comes on and he represents the fan base on a few topics, and then he'll spice in his uh, personal opinions on the topics that uh, will be presented to him on the hot seat. Yeah, he's repping the entire fan base. Uh, and much, much more on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. So who is on that fancy hot seat? Longtime Spurs fan, good friend of mine, Trey Felder. Trey, welcome to Lockdown Spurs. Your first time here. And all, and then, no, no pressure. You're repping the entire fan base. Trey, well, welcome. <laughs> Howdy, Jeff. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. So how long have you been a Spurs fan? Oh my goodness, that that is uh, about as long as I can remember having a concept of NBA basketball. Uh, my my dad's a Lakers fan, my mom's a Pistons fan, uh, but yeah. uh, my first memories are of San Antonio growing up, uh, mm-hmm. so I'd say probably go back to 91, 92. Okay, so that's like right when the Robinson era was underway and... Uh... Those heartbreaking yep, yep. playoff runs that what a first round, second round, that's about it, and we're done. So uh, yep. those were the days. Unfortunately, though, maybe those days could be still coming around as the Spurs are in rebuild mode. Uh, Trey, go ahead and tell everybody how they can uh, chat with you on social media. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I, if anybody is familiar with you, they've probably seen me, you know, commenting on uh, on different Spurs yeah. tweets. My my ad is a uh, T Bird Trey underscore ten. That's uh, T-Bird Trey with a three, not an E. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I talk about a variety of stuff, not just, not just uh, Spurs, not just oh, yeah. sports, but you those, those are my, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the sports is definitely my main, that's, that's my passion. That's my focus. And uh, I've been about Spurs basketball uh, even longer than I've been an Aggie. So that, that's going way back. Yeah. 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 Trey definitely does uh, talk a lot about a lot of different things. I mean, you're, you're like one end of the spectrum to the next. You're like, from sports to spurs <laughs> to geek stuff to to political yep. stuff man you you cover it all make sure to yep. uh, give trey a follow right right now trey is going to dive into it now so let's get the general consensus the general feel right now of the spurs fan base as it is lottery eve uh, uh yeah tomorrow the uh, spurs will uh, hopefully have the basketball god smile on them i think it was like a 1.8 1.7 1. chance of them winning the lottery uh, you know at, at this point you know, they're projected if everything goes accordingly, you know, the balls fall where they're supposed to fall. Uh, Spurs at number 12. You know, let's just say, Trey, that the basketball guys do not smile on San Antonio. They just stay at 12. What do you think the Spurs are looking at this lottery? Are they kind of looking at it as, hey, you know, this is a make or break lottery, or is this just, huh, we're going to add another piece of a player to the piece of the puzzle? Yeah, and to be honest, I'd say that the – the feeling of the fan base is probably just a, a kind of a wait and see mode. Uh, there, there's not a whole lot of us that have even been in this situation before. This is the first time 
uh, I believe in franchise history that the Spurs have had uh, lottery picks in back-to-back yeah. years. And, yeah. uh, and certainly we've, we've missed the playoffs for the, the first time, uh, it, first time since I've been alive. Uh, so, you, you know, you, when you have to go back, you know, 45 years or, you know, never for any sort of precedent, it's kind of hard to get a general consensus on, on the fan base's feeling for it. Um, I, I, there's there's going to be a lot of, of different moving pieces because right, right now the Spurs are not at a, at, at a juncture where, you know, you just add one piece to the mix and all of a sudden you're, you're back in contention. It, it, a lot of it's going to depend on um, the, the makeup that the front office is going mm-hmm. for. Um, obviously, for a while, we were operating with a uh, a pretty big uh, number two sized hole, if you will, uh, in our roster. But uh, you know, we're we're pretty far removed from even that at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're, uh, we're we're about to enter what is a, a truly a rebuild, and that's not something that the fan base, uh, for the most part, has has really experienced. Uh, even even during years before we made the you know, made the NBA Finals or were in contention. We were right. always a good team, always a solid team, one that was uh, challenging right in the thick of things, always in the playoff mix. So th- this is these are sort of uncharted territories uh, for Spurs fans, and uh, it's interesting watching you know older and younger fans. I, I consider myself kind of right in the middle of those mm-hmm. uh, those two groups. Uh, kind of interesting seeing how those how people are are approaching it. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of uh, you know, unfounded hope being placed on this particular draft. Obviously, like you said, a 1.7 chance of an overall pick. There's not a whole lot of hope there, but crazier things have happened. So there's always mm-hmm. going to be some interest uh, going into tomorrow night. Are you think Spurs fans will be tuning into the lottery tomorrow night? You know, watching to see if the basketball got smile in San Antonio. Uh, I, I think the hardcore fans of us will. Uh, I, I will, depending on what my, uh, my what my young children are doing. If anybody follows <laughs> on social media, I've got uh, a son who just turned four and a daughter who just turned one within the past two weeks. So uh, they occupy a lot of my time. But I'll definitely be making an effort to tune in. And I think most who are uh, interested in you know the team turning around uh, and follow team day to day will. Uh, but I, honestly, that's that's usually a small percentage of the fan base. And I'm not even going to say that that's because of you know, just, you know, people don't care. Uh, like I said, the Spurs, Spurs fan base really has not been here, uh, definitely not in recent memory, but just overall, just not here in general. Uh, and during our contention years, which lasted, you know, the better part of two decades, uh, the off season was kind of just a time where Spurs fans just cooled our jets. You know, we figured that we'd get some random draft and stash uh, player that, that we may or may not see overseas. So I think for a while there's just kind of this culture that, you know, if you're a Spurs fan, you don't really care too much about the offseason because you're going to run it back yeah. with the big three, uh, yeah. run it back. Uh, with, yeah, and, and so we're we're kind of figuring out how to approach this, but I, I think there will be some interest, just not as high as it would be if we hadn't had that long run of contention. Right, right. And did you say you you have um, a couple of kids that celebrated birthdays? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, my, happy, my happy, happy, happy belated <laughs> to them. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, so the the lottery, though, you know, that's what we're talking about right now. And, you know, for the most part, yeah, maybe there are a couple of misses. But for the most part, Trey, the Spurs do a pretty good job drafting, you know, Mm -hmm. know, whether it's I mean, you hit it on the head a little while ago. You know, they really didn't have to be in this territory because they had guys by the name of Kawhi and Timmy and Tony and Manu and David and et cetera, et cetera. But here they are. Yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah, just a little bit. But for the most part, now there have been some whiffs or maybe some head scratchers or maybe some incompletes. Lucas Samanich, we'll see how he does next season. 
But mm-hmm. nevertheless, all in all, not too shabby. Do you have confidence? Do you? And do you think the Spurs fan base have confidence moving forward with the new regime with Brian Wright and you know whoever is on his team in this draft lottery process? Yeah, that, that's kind of been a question I've been seeing bandied about on social media recently. I, I think uh, the the shine from the Spurs front office being really the, the cutting edge of, uh, of, of the league has probably worn off the last couple of years, uh, especially in the wake of the Kawhi saga uh, and everything that's happened beyond that. Not just not just Kawhi, but uh, some questionable decisions in the free agent market, you know, the DeMar Carroll type uh, situations mm-hmm. come to mind, uh, but you know, also just in general, like you said, this is a new regime that we that we have coming in, and I think that that confidence and re- and respect is going to have to be built again, not necessarily from the ground up because you do have that previous reputation to build off of, but we're we're starting about as close to ground zero as you can, uh, just because in recent years, not only with you know not having on court success, but uh, San Antonio is a tough free agent destination, uh, and, and when you're drafting as low in the draft as we have. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner that helps you make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three, post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster You only pay for the candidates that meet the must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. They got tools like the Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately. And Indeed Skills Test, that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests. And then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for the applicants that meet them. According to Talentness, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com locked. That's Indeed.com locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. It's hard to find those diamonds in a rough. I mean, you're you're not going to have a Manu Ginobili uh, popping up in you know 57th pick of the second round every single year. Right. Uh, and then when you bring in these guys that are you know lower draft picks and you immediately send them to Austin, you don't really have a good read on what they can do, can or can't do. And we've seen Derek White obviously blossom into uh, someone truly special, uh, a, a game changer if he can stay healthy. Um, but we haven't necessarily seen that from from some of the other draft picks that we've had. I mean, Kelvin Johnson has got great run and seems to be developing really well. But Luka Samich is still very much a very much a question mark, and you know we we still don't know. I'm sure we'll get into it later about uh, the the free agent you know, ma- making San Antonio more of a free agent destination, even if we have the money bags to swing at people. So uh, I, I think, like I said, that that respect is going to have to be. Uh, earned, I think that confidence is going to have to be rebuilt because there are some legitimate questions uh, about the Spurs front office that you know mm-hmm. can be raised over the last uh, three, four, and maybe even five years, uh, and, and we we really haven't seen what they are going to do going forward. So I, I'd say cautious optimism would be the best way to to categorize it at this point. Yeah, you know we're, we're talking about the lottery right now, and we're going to transition into the draft in just a few minutes. But you look back at this last season and. 
you, you know, it's hard to, for somebody asked me, how do you describe it? I'm like, kind of was a success. You know, I didn't, I, I pegged them to just not being there at all. Not even a playoff within reach, you know, but here they were, you know, they were knocking on the door. I mean, they made the play in. So technically they were, you know, they were right there, but there were a lot of missteps. And one thing that was chatted about was, well, maybe they should tank. Maybe they should just go ahead and circle the drain a bit to get a better position in the draft lottery. When you look back at last season, you think that's something they should have done? I mean, look at Houston. Houston just was full on tank mode. I mean, they just mm-hmm. did it, you know, and now look at them. They have a chance to get a generational player, you know, and a piece to build around. Do you think that's something the Spurs should have done? I think the Spurs should have chosen a direction, and I think they waited okay. far too late in the season to uh, actually decide which direction they wanted to take uh, for for this past year. Uh, I'm not a fan of tanking. I I'm, I I root with my heart on my sleeve, as anyone who follows me knows. I, I want to win every single game, like a hundred to nothing. Mm-hmm. So I know that's not realistic, obviously, but every <laughs> time you know the the Spurs roll the ball out, I want them to be able to compete. But if you are going to go for that tanking strategy, that has to be something that, like Houston did, you go all in on yeah. as early as possible just to maximize that that that, that hopeful payoff. Um, now, tanking is not it, – it's never a sure thing. Uh, we've seen more examples to the contrary of it, you know, of it working than, than maybe for it working. And that's ironic to say as Spurs fans, considering our, our – Two of our greatest big men, our two greatest big men, obviously came from the draft lottery. But that that right. is incredibly rare unto itself. However, picking a direction, be it good or bad, be it tanking or opting to try to compete, is better than just kind of treading water and you know seeing if you're you're going to have the best of both worlds. And I think the Spurs kind of got caught not just last season, but the season before that kind of in this no man's land of, you know, are we going to go full on tank? We're not good enough to necessarily compete for a title, but you no, know, are we even going to you know be able to make a, a playoff push? And you, when you get caught in no, that no man's land of mediocrity mm-hmm. in the, in the NBA, that is certain death. You know, tanking yeah. is, you know, kind of a maybe sort of death, but mediocrity is, is certain death because you know, like we said, we we're, you're picking too late in the draft to bring in a generational talent right off the top. And at the same time, you know you're not good enough to actually, you know, gel to compete. We were hoping to gel just to make the playoff this, these past couple seasons. So um, it, it, it's something where I don't necessarily I, – I never advocate for tanking just because that's, that's never been in my M.O. Uh, my, one of my you know, proud sayings, you know, mm-hmm. San Antonio doesn't wave the white flag. It kind of is a, a reflection of the city's uh, ethos. But at the same time, you have to pick some sort of direction in the NBA, and I think – uh, we've we've kind of failed to do that the last couple seasons. Yeah, because you look back at what they did in their um, their glory years. Uh, the, first of all, they they got two generational players, you know, Robinson and Duncan, and then mm-hmm. they paired the two, and then they got damn lucky in the draft, Manu and Tony. Yep. But everything centered around Robinson for a time, and then it's, it definitely centered around Duncan for a long time, and then, mm-hmm. but that meant they had one of their worst records, and they got up in the yep. draft. And then, okay, fine. You don't go that route. Maybe you don't do a trade. Doesn't you know? Doesn't want to tank. You know, you know, fight to the bitter end. You know, get the W. But they were aggressive in the draft. And what did they do? Traded George Hill for Kawhi Leonard and yeah. Davis Bertans. So it seems to me those are the only, at, at least what we've seen so far. This history of the Spurs is that it's either you get that number one pick, 
or you get aggressive in the draft. Let's go and transition to the draft now, Trey. Speaking of being aggressive, do you think the Spurs need to be aggressive in this draft to move up? As we've seen before in their history, Kawhi Leonard. And what do you think the yeah. Spurs fan base feel? Do you think the Spurs fan base also feel the Spurs got to be aggressive? Maybe flip some of these guys if it means getting into a slot in a draft that many say is pretty damn good. Yeah, I, and kind of going back to what I was saying before, I think the Spurs fan base in general just wants we, – we want some sense of direction uh, from from the front office going into the draft. I think um, – being aggressive would be seen as a as a welcome change of pace. Uh, we, we haven't really seen too much of that uh, on on draft night from the Spurs, especially the last few years. And I think that's a little bit frustrating for um, a fan base that you know we obviously see the on court on court results are not up to the standard that we expect uh, that anyone who follows San Antonio basketball for any period of time expects. So when you're not seeing that on court production, you have to kind of get aggressive behind the scenes. Um, and we've seen a willingness for the Spurs to do that before, like you said, with the, the George Hill uh, trade on draft night. But mm-hmm. that, that was, you know, a decade ago. And so yeah. we're, we're sitting here in 2021, and we're talking about, you know, the, the halcyon days of, you know, the days gone by. Right. That was a different regime, as we've, al- as, we, as we've already seen. So I think we need to see some sort of decisiveness from this uh, from this new regime going in, it, we need to see are are they going to be a quote unquote we we've all seen the meme you know we like the group we have yeah. uh, type type approach or are we going to see that from them which has really been kind of the par for the course of the past few seasons or are we going to see them kind of branch out into uh, probably stretching outside of the comfort zone of the Spurs organization a little bit but. If, if nothing else, we know that the status quo is unacceptable and has to change. And in order for it to change, you cannot uh, keep on going back to the same well mm-hmm. of, of basically right. being passive. So I, I would like to, I, I think the, the fan base would like to see uh, something aggressive, but if, if not aggressive, then at least decisive, because you know, mm-hmm. we don't know necessarily the details of what has or has not been attempted behind the scenes uh, the past few years, even going back to the Kawhi thing, but, you know, just right. draft night. Uh, bantering back and forth, but regardless of what we know or don't know, we we know what has or has not happened. And uh, at some point, you know, the the rubber has to meet the road, and the front office has to figure out a way to make something, uh, if not aggressive, then at least decisive happen. So when you're looking at the draft, and again, you know, obviously this is lottery e. We don't know where the ball's going to fall for San Antonio uh, tomorrow night, but nevertheless. Mm-hmm. Again, we're just going to use the argument of everything just stays the way it is. Spurs are number 12, and that's it. Mm-hmm. At at 12, what do the Spurs fan base want the Spurs to draft? Or do they want a best available situation? Do they want to pick by position? And what does Trey want? What does Trey want to see the Spurs do with that number 12 pick? Bill Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. So, what makes it so good? Well, they got nine delicious flavors, including the limited time flavor. And those flavors include coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie. The list goes on and on. There's someone for, there's pretty much something for everyone there. So, hey, if you can't figure out which one do you want, you get the mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Now, most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 grams of uh, calories. And only four grams of sugar and only four grams of net carbs. Order today. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, or whatever you like. 
Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15. That's 15% off for, for your first order over at BuiltBar.com. LOCKED15, that's the promo code you need to know for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Yeah, and I'm going to be completely honest here. I don't follow college basketball nearly as, as much as I follow pro. Um, and some of that's because my alma mater, A&M, has not really been good at basketball <laughs> over our history. Uh, my, other, my other school, Michigan, that's my mom's school, they're, they're pretty good at basketball. But uh, it, it's not something where I, I'm you know, pouring over college pros- prospects uh, night in and night out. But at, at the same time, I, I think going into the Spurs needs for the draft, I, I think we've gone with best available the past, uh, the past few drafts. Uh, which normally is something. It's a very risk-averse position. It's a very safe you know, uh, way to approach the draft. And if you have a uh, have a team that's competitive, I, I think it's uh, an approach that will serve you well. Uh, however, you know, if we get to you know, like you said, all things remaining equal, we're number twelve in the draft, and and the best available is you know yet yet another yet another wing, uh, an, another guard um, that you know. He may be best on the board, but maybe he doesn't fit our um, our, our team makeup right now. I think it'd be a mm-hmm. misstep for the Spurs to to go for go for that guy. I, I think at this point it's going to be all about fit, and we're it's going to be about fit whether we're talking about the draft or we're talking about uh, talking about free agency. Um, I want it, kind of going back to what I was saying about the the Spurs needing to show a sense of direction. I, I think best available does not show that sense of direction. Mm-hmm. There needs to be some sort of proactivity into, okay, this is what we're gunning for. We are trying to address this position of need. Uh, we have already seen a little bit of positioning, maybe with that, with um, the Quindary Weatherspoon situation. Obviously, we're, we're, he's not expected to uh, to return. Um, but that that's just the start of what probably needs to happen as far as roster turnover. We We can't have anyone who is necessarily untouchable. Uh, and, and that starts with drafting uh, in in a position on draft night. If we draft at number twelve, so someone that that addresses a specific need, everybody sees what need that is. Whether it's a big man, whether we you know ship out a, 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 right. a bevy of, of guards or young core, something along those lines. That that's what we need to see on draft night. And for me, I just want to see I, I, I want to see a sense of direction as well. I want to see either a uh, a big man that'll make a difference. Or I want to see the uh, young core kind of um, dangled as some sort of trade bait so that we can uh, have some uh, turnover and upgrade at those positions. Yeah, you look at the Spurs, and if if it's a uh, by need thing, well, then pick pick something. Yeah, seriously, from last season, I mean, do they need a wing uh, a wing defender? Yeah, a three and D guy, absolutely. Maybe Davis Vassell will turn into that. I I think he would. Uh, mm-hmm. Do we need a lot a knockdown three point shooter? Damn right we do. Spurs need one bad, bad. Not a, not, not a knock on Patty Mills, you know, but they they need yeah. they need more three point shooting. And we I mean look at the playoffs are showing uh, the world right now. Three point shooting Absolutely. wins the day usually. Spurs don't have Absolutely. that. Right. I think they ranked Trey. They ranked like near the bottom of the barrel in the NBA in three point attempts. Attempts. Yeah, and yeah. that's not good. And look, no knock yeah. on Jakob, but they need a, they need more bigs. They need a, a better big. I'm not saying Jakob is horrific. He's not. He's a good guy, good player. Mm-hmm. But he's not the type of big that the Spurs need. I mean, they thought it was going to be Trey Lyles, and then we all, we saw how that fell through. But yeah, it, the Spurs are a, a collection of 
solid to very solid role players right now. And, and that's, that's not a knock on anyone in particular. You, you have to have in any elite team has to have a, a solid cast of role players, but that solid cast of role players cannot be your actual team. That, and that's, that's kind of where we're at uh, right now with San Antonio. You, you have to bring in uh, stars at some point uh, that are able to tip the scales, and the, uh, no, no disrespect to Demar Derozan, I think he's a fantastic star, but he has obvious holes in his game. That, when combined with the fact that we have a a role player laden roster, uh, it, it just leads to uh, too many complications, and you know, our, our attempts are out of whack with the rest of the league uh, in too many key areas. Be a three point shooting uh, too low or mid range shooting too high. Where there. The metrics do not add up to San Antonio being a contender as currently constructed, and that's what has to change. Yeah, and and, and there's so much that needs to change. You know, you know, whether it be DeMar DeRozan staying, okay, fine. If he stays, fine. I mean, it's not horrible if he stays. It's not the worst. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like he doesn't give you anything positive. He gives you the the, 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 the facilitating and the scoring and that vet, vet presence. But you know, if, if it's if he's you know um, a better player out there, where they can maybe sign and trade him, be to move up in the draft or, or or get a guy right now, trade that draft pick they have at number twelve. I think they, I think everything is on the table. And and trade. Let me ask you. Speaking of on the table, uh, do you think the Spurs or uh, front office are on the clock this offseason? And I bring that up is because they they're gonna as for the argument's sake right now they're gonna have number twelve. Um, mm-hmm. And they have a boatload of money and a boatload of young yep. guys that are flippable. Do you think the Spurs should pull triggers now, or maybe wait a bit when maybe when the free agency stock is stronger? Because it's been diluted since a lot of these guys re-upped. Um, you yeah. know, and, and you ironically, your two biggest fish are Kawhi and Demar in this offseason. Those <laughs> yeah. are, of all the two, of all the players, it's those two guys. Yeah, you think the Spurs should, should stand back and see play this out another season, or let's start getting aggressive now? Uh, if you'd asked me this a season ago, I would have said yes. We, we you should probably stand back and and not show your hand quite yet. Um, as of right now, I, I think, and I I think I can speak for the majority of the fan base in, in saying this. I think you you have to be aggressive at this point, even though that there even though there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, surrounding you know this this year's deleted free agent class uh, and, and obviously the draft itself, um, you you unless you are unless as the Spurs front office you are fine with the status quo of you know kind of being mediocrity uh, being mediocre stuck in that mm-hmm. no man's land. Uh, unless you're okay with that, you've you've run out of time for mulligans and you may take a direction at this point that proves to be to, that proves to be a bust or. You might have that. Uh, you you might hit on something and have that risk reward. That that is where that situations like this offseason are where this new regime of this first front office is going to you know, make a name for themselves one way or the other. Now that they, they could come out here and they could absolutely suck, but at least they've chosen to yeah uh, not just sit back and and hope for something good to happen. Hope for a, a star to materialize from what we have. Um, it, you, you just you're you're out of time if you are truly interested in getting back to contender status uh, sooner rather than later. Absolutely, we're talking with uh, Trey Felder. He is repping the entire Spurs fan base right here on Locked On Spurs fan episode. 
You, well, I, Trey, I heard from the grapevine that you want the Spurs to trade for Ben Simmons because look how great he did in the playoffs for Philly, right? <laughs> uh, all those rumors are calumny, and I am embarrassed to be associated with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've I've heard I've heard some people say, hey, um, we could bring Ben in and have uh, have Chip England work with him on his jump yeah. shot, but. Oh uh, man, that, we're 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 way past the time when we can afford to take on another uh, long term project, which is that, which I, is what I, that would be. <laughs> I was stunned, uh, stunned. I I guess I didn't. I had to see it to believe it, kind of thing. After the series was yeah. over, I was like, "Wait, did he really shoot that much? Or that bad in the entire yeah. series? Not a game, but the entire series? Holy moly! Yeah, that's not good. But hey, you know, speaking of." free agents and signing and trading there. Let's dive into a little free agent talk now. Uh, sure. you know, you know, we, we hit it already. You know, the, this free agency crop is a bit, a bit dial. The, the big names are gone. You know, your, your, your Rudy Gobert is, I don't know if that anymore, but at that time, yeah, maybe it was a big, <laughs> big name. Um, yeah. your, um, your Giannis guy, guys like that, Paul George, you know, those guys are off, mm-hmm. but there's still a few restricted free agents out there, um, that the Spurs could add in. Uh, there's a couple of names that are on Spurs fans' lips right now. And let's start off with the first one, uh, Laurie Markkinen. He's a guy that a lot of Spurs fans – well, not a lot. But I'll say most. Um, yeah. Spurs fans will look at him and be like, you know, that's the, that's the big that the, the, this team needs. You know, a stretch guy. He can stretch the floor. He can knock down the threes. He's 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 a big in the paint, all this stuff. He does what exactly Jakob can do in the offensive end. But he's an RFA, restricted free agent. How do Spurs fans yeah. feel about him? And uh, do you think Spurs fans would be okay if the Spurs throw uh, a lot of cash his way just to poison pill Chicago? Uh, that, that's actually interesting. Um, and and I, I think there, actually there, there's a kind of a, a weird little time frame thing that I don't know if is accurate or not. Uh, do y'all remember the, I'm sure you remember the comeback when the Spurs had against uh, Chicago. Uh, in Chicago, I believe it was mm-hmm. um, er, earlier this season. It was uh, up until the Phoenix game, probably their their best uh, their best game of the season as far as being able to come from behind and, and surprise a team. Um, I feel like at that point, the the Lori bandwagon, if you will, was probably at its peak. And I think after that, I don't know if it was because of that game, but definitely after that game, I noticed his stock going down pretty dramatically among Spurs fans. And I don't think it's purely driven by the fact that a bad Spurs team was able to ambush Chicago in Chicago, but there's, there's just, there, there's a lot of holes in his game that, uh, you know, it, 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 to the point where it would almost be a lateral move if the front office were to uh, go after him and, and poison pill Chicago, like you were saying, um, it, it wouldn't be, it, it wouldn't necessarily be a horrible thing, but I, I don't know if it improves uh, San Antonio in any way. I was actually somewhat intrigued by Laurie myself. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't th- I don't remember, and somebody can probably look it up. I'm sure you know Twitter's forever. I don't remember actually ever professing that we should go after him. <laughs> but I, I was definitely pre- I was definitely intrigued by the possibility. But I, I don't think that that's a a step that the front office would. If you want to get aggressive, get aggressive with someone other than Laurie um, Markin. It, it's just it, it's not going to move the needle among the Spurs fan base the way uh, I think it, it might have earlier in the year. And, mm-hmm. and at this point, at this point, if you're going to swing for the fence, it has to be with somebody who is going to come in and make a, a tangible difference uh, right. right here and now. And, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think Lori fits that bill. 
Yeah, I think one of the recent reports is that uh, at least according to the report, you know, we don't know if it's true, hundred percent true or not, but um, that his eyes are on Dallas. So yeah, uh, we'll see what happens there. But hey, you know, you're you're talking about uh, other free agents here, another restricted free agent that Spurs fans. Now this I can safely say majority of them want to see in silver and black next season. That's John Collins out of Atlanta. He, yeah. You know he on paper he fits the bill. He fit, it's exactly yeah. exactly the missing piece that the Spurs team needs. Young, athletic, big, you know, versatile, defend, hit the shots. You know, I, I like that he has a little bit of a, a little bit of a dog in him too. I love that. I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. But, you know, with this playoff for Atlanta, you know, they're doing well. Atlanta's doing great. He's a big part of that. But, you know, he he has his moments where, you know, like Spurs fans will point out, like, well, are you sure this is the guy you want? You know, he comes up short sometimes. Laurie, I'm sorry, yeah. excuse me, uh, John Collins, um, your thoughts on the fan base? You know, uh, what, what are they thinking? What do you want? Do you think the Spurs should throw a lot of money his way? Yeah, well, the first thing to remember uh, is that there, there are no sure – uh, there, there's no panacea when it comes to fixing the Spurs, but you know, like like you said, if you're looking for someone tailor made out there to you know cover a lot of warts that the, the team has revealed over the last few seasons, it's it's definitely John Collins, and I, I don't think I don't think there's a consensus among the the fan base. I, I think generally positive would be uh, would be the way to to categorize him um, and. It, Atlanta's deep playoff run probably and probably is hurting our chances to to get him. An ideal yeah. playoff run would be Collins plays well to very well, not not elite, but you know enough to prove that he's somebody you want to go after. And then Atlanta bows out of the second round uh, after you know putting up a fight. That obviously did not happen. Atlanta's still alive in the final four of the of the NBA at this point, uh, and I think it's safe to say that uh, any offer the Spurs extend is going to be instantly matched by Atlanta. Uh, that said, I think that's still some, that that's still a prospect that you have to, you have to kick the tires on and do your due diligence. If you're San Antonio um, there, there's uh, like I said earlier, no, no slam dunk um, prospects out there that are going to fix us. But you know, if you're going to take a step along that path and, and do so immediately, John Collins is that, is that guy. And yeah. it, even from an attitude, even from an attitudinal standpoint, um, you know, there, there was a, a knock on the Spurs back in the day for being too soft, too passive. Um, mm-hmm. They kind of shed, they kind of shed that uh, in a lot of ways. Even, even when they were seen as boring, you always had uh, one or two guys that that would bow up to anyone. You know, your Stephen Jacksons, your 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 um, your West, your, your your Mario Ellis, what have you. There, there was always somebody on that team that would stand up and be that enforcer. Demar kind of is that, but he's not necessarily the team leader. For us right now, there's a debate on that, and when there's whenever there's a, a debate, you don't have a team leader. So, you know, yeah. maybe we need somebody to come in and fill that role, or not, not necessarily an enforcer type, but just kind of give the, the Spurs that that uh, attitude, mental edge um, mm-hmm. that w- we kind of see in spurts with with guys like Demar or with Keldon or what have you, but uh, not not somebody who has that reputation coming in. Uh, so that that would be somebody that I would go after personally speaking for myself that that would be someone who I would I would go after one one of two guys in the free agent list that I would definitely try to money whip or at least be at least gauge that interest just to uh, see if we have a shot yeah and and one other name that I think is lost in bringing into San Antonio chasing that's a McDermott 
The mm-hmm. Spurs, they need three-point shooting, and he definitely can do it. And there's no doubt about that. And oh, he's yeah. not, he's not, I mean, yeah, he's going to want a, a pay raise, yeah, but he's not going to be asking for what maybe a Collins is, you're going to have to pay out for or a marketing. You know, if the Spurs go that route, I wouldn't be upset about that. I mean, yeah, exactly, Spurs. You suck at three-point shooting. You cannot make them <laughs> for the life of your, you know, if you had a gun pointed to your head kind of scenario. Um, yeah. You know, McDermott, that, that, McDermott that, that, is somebody. putting it mildly. Yeah. Yeah, that's exact. Thank you, Trey. That's putting it mildly. Yeah, um, yeah. The Spurs just are just abysmal from the three line, and who knows? You, you know, maybe the Spurs do kind of like those under the radar sneaky frenzy moves, like getting into McDermott, in which I again I wouldn't be mad at that. You know, that's fine. You know, as long as he just knocks down that three for San Antonio. Hey, we got a little bit of time left, uh, Trey. Let's go ahead and uh, dive into a little bit of your thoughts on the NBA playoffs. And by the way, I'm glad you mentioned that thing about Collins too. Yeah, you know, as Long the longer the run Atlanta has, the more chances of him of Collins leaving Atlanta uh, diminishes because yep. he's gonna want to stick with his crew, especially if they win the title. I mean, forget about it. You know, he's, he's oh yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, they're gonna want to run it again. It's over. But Ben Simmons, we joked about it, and I, I, I mean, I, oof, I don't even know where to begin. He's considered <laughs> one of the best players in the league. You know. Um, but this playoff run that he had, especially in this uh, last series, it's just like, it's exposed him. You're hearing some chatter from Spurs fans saying like, hey, you know, bring him into San Antonio. Chip will help him. What do you think, Trey? Nah, or yeah. considering it? No, nah, like I said earlier, you, we, we, we can't, we don't, we don't have time to bring in uh, proje- prospects who are going to be long-term projects, and that's what Simmons would be. Uh, I mean, obviously he's talented in, in in his particular role, but that role is not as an elite NBA point guard, in my opinion, not if your shooting is that abysmal when it really counts. Um, but we're, we're a team that struggles with shooting as is. Uh, we, we can't bring on somebody else who is going to struggle in that department. Uh, we need we need sure things. We need, uh, you know, McDermott. We need, you know, Hardaways. Yeah. We need some somebody yeah. who's going to come in and make a – make a difference right away. And as Simmons, while talented, it's just not <laughs> going to fit the makeup of this team at all. Exactly. Uh, other uh, thoughts on the uh, playoffs is that, you know, we, 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 Robert, you know, we didn't hit in it. We said it, you know, the Spurs just don't make threes, at least last year's yeah. iteration of the ro- roster. But that's what the, the playoffs is showing us. Isn't it, Trey, that this, this Spurs team is going to have to get with the times. They got to make those threes. And yep. I, I think you're learning that. I mean, look what happened to Utah. The way they got beat mm-hmm. down by the Clippers is exactly how the Spurs lost a lot of games in the uh, regular season trade. Exactly, exactly, and, and that's that, you know, the the Spurs organization for many many years prided itself on kind of zigging when the rest of the league was zagging. Right now, the rest of the league is zagging in the direction of uh, of three point efficient three point production. And for a while there, we've tried zigging with you know a you know elite mid range game. Which you know we we've kind of tailed off in that department as well. Um, but the the simple bottom line is you, we we can't trade twos for threes. Too many teams in the league are efficient at warping the floor with consistent lineups that are going to be threats from deep, and we cannot do that with our, our with our current lineup. And even on game, even we we might have halves where we get hot. Teams know that's not going to last. It's fool's gold. Yeah. They wait for us to regress to the mean, and next thing you know, you're you're right back to clogging the paint against. Uh, an mm-hmm. offense that has a struggle yeah. even making the big range game. So we cannot do that. I, when I was watching that jazz game, I had flashbacks of Spurs, Boston, 
That's what oh it felt goodness. like to me, where the Spurs had <laughs> yep. that 30-plus point lead, and yep. Boston just went nuts on San Antonio. Same thing here. You know, you saw the Clippers, you know, down 20-something eights for them, and they had that humongous comeback. They knock it down those threes. Spurs, the perimeter uh, defense was is an issue, you know, hence the 3 and D guy. And I think Devin Vassell can do that, but we'll see what happens next year. And by the way, Trey, I better see a spike in his minutes next season. I mean, I – Oh, yeah. You you send him to Austin for a a week or so. Okay, I'm fine with that, but he better be playing a lot more. But anyway, I digress. But yeah, you look at you look at you know, with the Spurs. You know the and isn't it ironic too how they said the Spurs and Jazz were almost similar in in in, in paths to to yeah I thought that I thought that yeah, that, was a, yeah, that was an interesting thing I hadn't thought of. Yeah, they were they were seeing that a lot last year. You know, like, oh look at the Jazz, they're following the Spurs path to uh, greatness, and then well, yeah, well, okay, fine. Well, look what happened. So, um, but overall, yeah, I mean, the, the Spurs have a lot on their plate. Uh, Trey, you, you hope that they're going to address it now, and it begins tomorrow night in the lottery. Hopefully, they get something above twelve. But if they don't, well, history shows the Spurs do okay in the uh, draft. Overall, Trey, I want to thank you for hopping on this episode of Lockdown Spurs to represent the entire fan base and give your personal thoughts. One more time, tell fans how they can uh, chat with you. What would you have to say on this episode of Lockdown Spurs? Uh, yeah, follow me at uh, tbirdtrey underscore 10. That's tbirdtrey with a three, not an E. Or don't even follow me. Just interact. I always enjoy conversation. And thank you so much for having me on, Jeff. Not a problem. And uh, make sure to subscribe to Locked On Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcasts, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play. The list goes on and on and on. And, hey, it is the road to the finals. We're covering it here on the Locked On NBA Network. And our playoff coverage, NBA finals coverage that's soon uh, coming is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. So for Trey Felder, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked on Spurs.